Yeah, the other way, I, yeah, I don't mind. Bro, you could be flat chested with a fat ass, and I will still love you. And that, that's why I say, like, I, like the yeah, ass, ass is more man. important. It's more important. All right, all right, all right. Pay attention. We're going to teach you something real special. Real special today. This is two coins. Two coins. Two coins. My boy Wally. Wally. Then Ronnie. Then Ronnie. Wherever you're at, we're at. Showing two sides of the same coin. Let me know what y'all think. Two coins. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today. And welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy, Ronnie. And I'm your brother, Waleed, the other side of the coin. Today's episode is brought to you by Determination, because this brother drove all the way down to Monterey to make this happen. Hey, man, and he man. got work today, so hey, we, we live. Hey, shit, I can't just let you be the only one driving out, you know what I mean? Yeah. We could have done the remote pod, but, you know, I feel like we capture a lot more energy when, yeah, it's, when it's face-to-face. Bro, that remote shit is cool, but it hella feels like a procrastinate now. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a lazy way of recording. Oh, I'm going to roll out of bed, turn, open up my laptop, let's talk about some shit. <laughs> Not to mention, like, the lagging audio, and then you end up cutting everybody off and everything. Man, I ain't going to lie, hella random. You know who else this episode is brought to you by, personally? Who? Luke Combs, bro. Luke Sh- Combs. Shout out to that country singer, man. Never heard of him till now. Hey, man, he got this project called Growing Old. Uh, Slapper? Yeah, man, just get, <laughs> get you think about life, put, put shit in perspective for you or whatnot, you know what I mean? Um, That's how you know niggas is getting old. They start to listen to country now. Hey, man. And reflecting and reminiscing. Country low key. Bro, he got this one song called Hand. Uh, there's like a hand in my. Uh, what the fuck? Hand in my outhouse? Backhouse? <laughs> I got a rooster in my outhouse. <laughs> it sounds country. Uh, but long story short, bro, it's a. It, damn, it's a. I think it's um uh, I got Fox in my hen house. That's the name of the shit. And it's pretty much talking about like the fucking um, you know, like everybody has that one thing within themselves or whatnot that's holding them back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um uh, at least that's what I took from it. That's deep fox in the hen house. You feel me? Yeah. Like once you get past the it's country, like you're yeah. just like, yo, this shit's kinda he got this other song called um what do you call Getting being stuck in the middle of growing up and getting old, yeah. And I feel like we're entering that point in our life right now, yeah. Like I, cause bro, I was I was talking to Don about this shit earlier. I'm like, bro, there are times I still feel like a kid. I'm like, you feel like a kid? He's like, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> it's like sucks sucks to feel like. A kid. I'm like, well, good conversation. <laughs> thanks, thanks for understanding, buddy. But nah, like I feel like uh, you know, like from that 27 to like. Pre thirty, I mean that's only three years. That is pre thirty. <laughs> Twenty seven to like thirty one, thirty two. Yeah. You know, uh, it's in that weird little transition state, or like starting at that transition state. You're like you're like an adult teenager. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you're a grown ass kid with responsibilities. I I don't know. I, I don't know for sure if I'm right or wrong, but I feel like that feeling just persists until basically for the rest of your life. I think until you're like really like elderly. Is yeah. where you'll stop feeling like that. But you're always going to have that kid in you. Especially if you, like, nurture that kid that you have or that we all have within us. Like, yeah. if you nurture, you're always going to feel like, damn, I ain't really changed since I was, like, eight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I, like, granted, like, shit, knock on wood, thank God I still got them. Yeah. But um, I would think that, you know, once you lose your parents, yeah, that's probably when... You actually experience that, damn, bro. Like I'm the oldest person in my family. Yeah, you know? that's true. Cause that's that's something I think about a lot, bro. Is that like 
Yeah, I mean, I have like a good amount of life experience. I don't want to say I've, I've, I've seen it all and I've done it all. I, I know I'm still young, but like... I'm seasoned. <laughs> I know I'm still young, but that's one thing that I feel like is going to hit me. Like, I haven't experienced like true true grief, like losing somebody like super, super close to me. I know, I know you have, you know what I mean? But like... To be honest, like to build off that, and I didn't cut you off, bro. Like to be real, like... I have, but I haven't. You know what I mean? Because you got to think the people I lost, it's like, yeah, I had connections with them, and yeah, I had a deep bond. Like, especially like my cousin Nikki was probably like my closest cousin that I had. Yeah. But even then, you got to think like, that's not somebody I grew up with every day. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think getting old only hits when, like, not to be morbid, but when the people that you grew up with and the people who you were close to start, like, dropping like flies, you know what I mean? After you get to, like, 60s and 70s, like, you have close friends, maybe parents, siblings, you know, nephews, nieces, cousins, like, whatever it is, people that are close to you just start dying one by one. That's when you feel like, damn, like, I'm getting old. And see, that's, like, a natural one. So it's just I feel for the people that lose uh, people that are close to them, like, early on in life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, losing a brother when that brother is, like, 14, losing a sister and she's in her 20s, losing a parent while you in your teens, like... Yeah, because that I type of thing imagine. just scars you for life, bro. Yeah. Especially if you're not, like, ma- like mature enough mentally to, like, deal with that type of loss. Yeah. You know, like, we're lu- I'm lucky in the sense that, you know, I'm at this age now where I'm, like, an adult and I feel, like, mentally equipped to be able to deal with that knock on wood. I don't want it to happen, but... When it does eventually happen, because we all die. Like, when it does eventually happen, I start losing people close to me. Yeah. I feel like I'm mentally equipped to be able to handle those emotions. Whereas if they would have happened when I was, like, 10, 11, 12. True that. True that. That would have changed the rest of the trajectory of my life. Yeah. I mean, because, bro, I mean, like, perfect example. Like, losing a parent when you, like, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Bro, you missing out on your entire teenage years, your 20s, and then the rest of your life, obviously. But, like, those... Critical, like, development years. Yeah. Those are some peak-ass moments, bro. Like, Yeah, especially if it's, like... Well, I mean, you get you get different lessons learned about life from your dad and your mom, depending on how you were brought up, and if you're lucky enough to have them both. But that's another thing. If you lose one of them at, like, a young age, say, for example, you lose, like, a father when you're, like, 10 or 11, yeah. you're missing out on, you know, just learning about how to be a man when that, at, like, the most critical point in time when you need to learn that, you know? yeah. So, hey, prayers and blessings to everybody that lost somebody. Um, and hopefully we could just minimize the impact and we could live as long as possible. Nah, facts. I mean, shit, make a little hard pivot. I was thinking about this on my drive home, bro. What's up? Not drive home, drive here. Yeah. You an ass man or you a titty man? I don't like to discriminate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it depends, but generally I'm more of a more of an ass dude, bro. Yeah. I'm African. Come on, bro. <laughs> nah, you? I feel you. I'm, I'm the same way. I was really just thinking, like, damn, bro, could you fuck with a girl that, uh, you know what I mean, got some knockers on her, but then it's just like a backboard in the back? To be honest, though, like, I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. For real? Yeah, like, oh, they around. Really? <laughs> yeah, they around, bro. I feel like if you if, if, if you got them things in the front, you got them things in the back, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen the other way around where, like, I don't mind the other way. Yeah, the other way, I, yeah, I don't mind. Bro, you could be flat-chested with a fat ass, and I will still love you. And that, that's why I say, like, I, like the ass, ass is more man. important. It's more important, bro. Yeah. 
Because, you know, if she got them little perky things, you know, it's, a little, it's, it's, it's like adorable. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Look at them little gumdrops. Yeah, little gumdrops, man. But, yeah. So how are your women built, Sudanese women? Hey, shout out to shout out to all the Sudanese women, bro. We got some of the most beautiful women on earth. Not not to, like, toot my own horn here. <laughs> but, yeah, they got them dump trucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, shit! If y'all looking for a dump truck, <laughs> Sudan, baby, Go, just East Africa in general, that whole region, bro. Like, I ain't gonna lie, like y'all got some thick ass women out there, bro. Like, no, that's not to mention, like, also, like, not to take the attention away from you know my, my Sudanese queens, but uh, you ever, you ever, you ever seen like a like Somali girls or like Ethiopian girls, bro? I've seen Ethiopian girls. Unreal. Talk about a five head. Nah, but they hey, but the, hey, the five hey, head, but beautiful though. <laughs> I hey, ain't gonna lie. I've never seen like a bad Ethiopian chick that doesn't have a five head. I feel like the five head almost like it's almost like guaranteed to come with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's I mean? part of the package. Yeah, yeah. So we can let, we can let. You know what's crazy? Big foreheads don't really fuck with me. Yeah, it's, I it's just nothing. call it out because I know it fucks with like you know what I mean. Yeah, just because yeah, <laughs> just like a little tease. You, know? you feel me? I think it's cute. You know, sometimes yeah. you need a canvas to write some notes now. <laughs> Sometimes I need a phone stand to watch the game. <laughs> man. But nah. Yeah, man. East Africans. Shit. East, East Africans. Get you one. Shit. You know Get what I mean? One. I ain't going to lie. Probably one of the beautiful mixes that I've ever seen was a... Um, it was like a Mixes? Half. You talking about like it's a breed of dog? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Like the most beautiful mixed female that I've seen was an East African Indian chick. Bro, when I tell you... That's a fire mix, I'm not going to lie. That's an amazing mix, bro. Because yeah. that's the thing, like, a lot of people don't get, bro. They're, like, Indian women are some of the most beautiful women Indian in the world. Women fine as hell, bro. But it's one of those, you got to think, 99% of us are back home. So, like, the world only sees the 1% and judges the 1%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just... Uh, they, they see the 1% that's outside of their element, and they're like, oh, look, look at this foreign girl right here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, feel me? you go back home, bro, we got... It's a whole, uh, yeah, man. Would you want to settle down with a woman of your kind? That sounds weird, but like, <laughs> would you want to settle <laughs> Do down? Do I want to keep it in the race? <laughs> like, when you, when you eventually... Hey, man, you know Luke Combs, man. <laughs> he told me. <laughs> Stay with your own kind, boy. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he taught me. Oh, my God, but... When you have kids and whatnot, like, is it important to you to, like, settle down with somebody who shares, like, a similar background so you can kind of pass down the customs and traditions that you grew up with onto your kids or no? You know, it's crazy, bro. Like, at first, I didn't really think about shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, but as I'm getting older, I wouldn't mind it. You know what I mean? Like, I see the benefits in it. I for sure see the benefits in it. Because one, um, one, just food alone, right? Like, I want my kids to experience what I had. They probably never will. Because um, even if I find me a fucking Indian wife, she's not going to be a good, as good of a cook as my mom. <laughs> like, so my kids fucked in that department. Like, um, but the bar, yeah, the bar was set too high, way too high. You know what I mean? But even outside of that, there's just like a lot of it, it, it's so weird because there's a lot of traditions like from my mom's culture yeah. that I want my kid to experience. But that comes with me marrying a girl from Kerala. You know what I mean? But like the same way there's a lot of customs in my dad's culture that we never really did or I don't really know about that he probably experienced when he was a kid. Yeah. But you know, my mom's the more uh 
socially dominant person, I would say. she She's the one with the big personality. My dad's just, like, super laid back. That's usually how it goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then also, my mom is, like, in a big-ass family, so it's, like, a lot of this stuff has just been around her family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, then uh, other reasons too, but we ain't gonna get into that. That's crazy. I didn't even th- I didn't even take that into consideration because like, from from India, right? Like the different states have like different culture. What state is your dad from again? Uh, my, so my dad's from uh, he's from this this uh, city called Mangalore. Okay, it's in the state of Karnataka, I believe, which is also South Indian. But it's like it's a like different in a different South region from like yeah, yeah, yeah. Kerala. Kerala's yeah. more south. Kerala is the one of the southernmost states. Okay. It's on the left tip. It's like on the same like if you leave Kerala and then go north never eat soggy waffles. Go uh northwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> it's like the left and right shit, right? Yeah. But um if you go northwest you'd hit uh East Africa. Oh, okay. It's on that side of the India border, like Bombay and all that. And then Tamil Nadu and Sri Lanka. Well actually Sri Lanka's like kinda on the south, but yeah. But they're like their languages are different, and then their yeah, customs my mom, and culture. My mom speaks Malayalam. My dad's family speaks Konkani. Oh, okay, okay. Damn, because that that that's strange. Then, so let me ask you this: So, if gun to your head, <laughs> they're yeah. like, you got to marry an Indian girl. Would you marry one from your dad's state or your mom's state? Like, which custom or culture is more not more important to you? Not to diminish the other, but like, I don't know much about my dad's culture. Like okay, that. so that you know what I mean? Answer, yeah. But I ain't gonna lie, bro. I, I fuck around, marry a Punjabi girl. Hey, they got some bad ones. They bad and they know how to party, bro. <laughs> like I ain't even gonna lie, cause like I come from a super religious state. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a, like yeah, we got. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the predominant uh, religion might be Hinduism in Kerala. And, yeah, and then it's Islam. Um, but also Kerala is uh is one of the most Populated in Catholics, yeah, it's like one of the most uh, most known Catholic states. Again, this is all bro science. Like, <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> like, if it was up to me, I would say that all of Kerala is Catholic because all my family's Catholic. Yeah. But then you know, we might just be the speck on this giant ass fucking uh, um, shit. But yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, I don't know, man. Like that. So that's the thing. Like uh, marrying an Indian girl comes like it's it's like asking you, would you marry a Sudanese girl? Or would you marry an African girl? You say African, it's like you got options. Yeah, that's you, true. You know what I mean? For me, like to answer that question, um, I'd probably go the opposite. Not the opposite of what you said. Like you said you wouldn't mind it, right? Yeah. For me, that would be like my preference. Yeah. Is to settle down with um, somebody who shares my background, language, culture, religion, all that. Yeah. Um, Has it always been like that or more recently? Whatever I think it's, it's probably always been like that. And it might have to do with the way I was raised. You know okay. what I mean? Because I like growing up is all about family. That's why I went to, back to Sudan so much, just so I could, I guess, so my parents could immerse me in our culture and so I can learn the importance of it and tie it back to who I am. So once I became an adult, I'm like, hmm, when I have kids, do I want my kids to be even more Americanized than I am? Or do I want to retain some of the culture? And now, here's the question, though. Are you going to marry a girl from out there or a Sudanese-American? Uh, I would prefer a Sudanese-American just because we have more in common. Like, a girl from out there in Sudan, right, would not share as much in common. Like, first of all, like, there, there wouldn't be a language barrier because I can speak Arabic. Yeah. But obviously, I'm more fluent in English. And <laughs> I, can, I can communicate and express my thoughts better in the English language. Gotcha. So... If I'm getting into like deep conversations with a girl about like 
you know, marriage and family, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'd prefer to do that in English. Instead <laughs> so, of hand signals and uh, nods. Exactly. Like, that, that's a small thing. But yeah, like a girl that is Sudanese American would have a very similar upbringing to me. Yeah. So off the bat, we, we, we connect that way. Right. And off the rip, like we'd want the same things out of a future together. Okay. If I were to find this imaginary girl, <laughs> but it's not like an imaginary because if the, she's out there, the thing <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> he said, "No, just wait it out, buddy. She's the right one is coming." But nah, um, what was I gonna say? The thing with the Sudanese diaspora in America, at least, we're all like interconnected, right? So, like, I have friends for example, that watch this podcast that live in, like, Boston yeah. or that live in, like, Dallas. So if I'm ever out in those cities or whatever, I can connect with them and I can meet new people that way, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So um, for me, that's my preference, and that's kind of why, like, you know me personally. Like, I've never really been one, like, too big on, like, dating and, like, putting myself out there and, like, yeah. dating different people because at the end of the day, I don't feel the need to waste anybody's time if I don't see, like, a future with you. <laughs> like, hey. I don't like stringing people along emotionally, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, for real? You don't like playing games? <laughs> Those shits are fun. <laughs> Breaking what? hearts, running it back. That shit, it, Toxic. Trust me, it sounds fun. It's, it sounds fun. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to let you run the reps for me, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to all the wild tales. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that might be my preference. It might be, you know too hopeful or too optimistic but hey man we now, here what's a what's a hard line in the sand uh religion or race that's a good question because that's not something i even thought about so until like, a hard line the last year but race to me doesn't race is an arbitrary made up stupid fucking thing yeah. okay race is a concept that white people gave us <laughs> before that we were all people but uh, I'll be honest with you, shit. We even gave it to ourselves because I know even with my uh, with my culture, fucking uh, what do you call uh, classism is is a thing based on especially like skin tone and shit like that. At least back in the day. Yeah, that's true. Because you true. go to any of these Indian dating sites, one of the questions when you create a profile is fairness. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfuckers want to know is you dark or Holy light? Holy shit, fairness! Yeah. What the? That's wild. Uh, <laughs> And then, too, when you look up your preferences and shit, you can set the fairness level. <laughs> like, bro, that's just wild. This is just within my people. Yeah, like, I, I wonder what the majority of the responses are in terms of preferences. <laughs> they like light skins. Yeah, oh, surprise. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't discriminate based on skin color. Um, but to me, to me <laughs> the hard line is, uh, is, is, is religion. And that's, yeah. that's something that I realized was a hard line very recently. Yeah. Because I wasn't always the most religious person. But ever since, I mean, like, you know, and some of the people watching know, like, a few months ago, I went to uh, Umrah, which is, for those of you that don't know, it's uh, Mecca in Saudi Arabia is like the holy city for all Muslims. And um, all Muslims are required or obligated to go on like a pilgrimage there and do the whole routine. And it's supposed to bring you closer to God. And um, I, I definitely, like, long story short, I felt that way. I felt myself being more at peace and being, you know, closer to my spirituality when I came back. Yeah. That's not to say I'm all holier than now and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm act like the Pope now. But that's to say that I realized um, the influence of religion on my upbringing and my character. Yeah. And I want to pass that down to my kids. Like, I want to raise Muslim kids. 
And okay. I, I realized that recently. So that's kind of where I would draw the line. Okay, I feel it. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff now, a lot of the fuck shit that you see that goes on in the dating scene nowadays is completely prohibited. Like, if you're, if you're following, like, Islamic guidelines for, like, dating, courting, marrying, um, a lot of the stuff that you see people doing and a lot of the games you see people playing, it just, it just wouldn't happen. I mean, bro, I could, I could honestly say that's probably... Uh, um, I can only speak for uh, Christianity and Catholicism. It's the same thing, but I would even say that's the thing if, like, you in tune with any religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, I know, uh, you know I mean? There are Hindus, Punjabs, like, Jewish people fucking that are devout to their religion that aren't down for the fuck shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, evils is evils. Like, And even if you look at just, like, from a standpoint of American family structure, right? Yeah. People always talk about how the American nuclear family is, like, dying, like, mom, dad, brother, sister, all in one house. Bro, when did that become the American nuclear family? Because as far as I remember, that was, like... Just the nuclear family. Just a nuclear family. <laughs> but they're like the nuclear family in America is going away is what they're saying. Yeah. And it's true. Um, but if you notice, the nuclear families that are still thriving and the people that are raising their kids in more of a quote-unquote old-school way where it's like both parents at home, yeah. a lot of them are like religiously devout. Yeah. Like if you look at like, we got football on in the background, but for example, if you look at certain NFL players, um, you know, families, and like for example, Derek Carr. Derek yeah. Carr is like a very, very devout Christian, and you could tell he has certain character values that he upholds, yeah. Christian values that he upholds, and he has like a strong family unit. So I think that religion has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it has a lot to do with you know raising kids that have good heads on their shoulders. That's not to say that you can't raise kids with good heads on their shoulders without being religious, because you definitely can. But I just feel like it's 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 a little more difficult. You know what it is too is at least personally what I think. People are so quick to dismiss religion for its negative aspects that they don't take a second to kind of like there are good things that come with it. Just because yeah. you had a shitty experience or just because there are a couple fuck people making a bad name for it. Yeah, like doesn't mean that you know don't kill your na- uh, you know what I mean don't kill nobody don't take your neighbor's wife. Yep, honor your parents like. <laughs> like what the fuck you gonna be like nah man fuck all that like, yeah, it's, uh, the fuck honor your spouse raise your children the right way like uh, be kind to people that's all that that all those concepts like universal from, laws yeah. like and they're written in every scripture if you follow it the right way but nah people are so quick to just be like nah man it's the man bro <laughs> they're trying to keep us down like <laughs> <laughs> nah bro no. Let's go cop a half ounce of blow and just do this, man. That's the way we supposed to move. Like the fuck? Yeah, man. It just keeps it keeps things in perspective, I think. <clears throat> but speaking of keeping things in perspective, pivoting again, mm. a topic that I wanted to discuss with you is well, some of these names are crazy. Aaron Stinney, Robert Hainsey, Cody Mouch. <laughs> <laughs> but you wanted to what? Uh I was gonna ask you, um, what is one thing that you grew up learning or you grew up doing that you had to unlearn once you became an adult for your own benefit, if that makes sense? Like, what's a habit you had to unlearn to move forward? Shit, bro. I think this this probably stems from uh, me being an only child, but just realizing the world don't revolve around me. That's a big one. You know what I That's mean? That's a big one. Like, my answer wasn't that, but yeah, definitely. Like, and I can, I, I can see it. I mean, shit, ask people around me, let them tell. They're like, man, you still be thinking shit all around <laughs> you. But, like, I'm way more, like, conscious about it. I catch myself in moments. Like, a perfect example is, like, when I, um, 
<laughs> like, just when I be like just tripping on little shit or I'll do something and I'll think like everybody's watching me or you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you come back around and be like, nobody even remembered it because everybody got their own lives going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's too busy worried about themselves to even think about worrying about you. You yeah. feel me? I mean, <laughs> bro, I was, <laughs> I was on shrooms the other day, right? Yeah. I was just tripping or whatnot. Shit was cool. And then it just thought popped up in my head. I was like, damn, bro, what if the cartel looking for me? <laughs> And I started freaking out and fucking uh, <laughs> I was like, yo, Dad, bro, do I got a hit out on me? He's like, Ryder, your only child showing again, bro. <laughs> like, you are not that important. Your only child is showing again. <laughs> Just like little shit. And I find myself, even when I'm like talking to people or I like I'll have a conversation, I'm quick to cut people off because I'm trying to get my point across. Yeah, yeah. And I realize that just stems from me thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a big one, bro. I didn't even think about that. Because too, like, it, it does, once you realize the, that fact is that you're not the center of the universe, yeah, people realize that at different ages. But like I'm with you, I didn't realize that until like probably after I hit 25, right? Mm. But once you realize that, your interpersonal relationships become better. Yeah, because even if you're sitting down talking with a friend or talking with like a parent or sibling, the entire conversation doesn't just revolve around what's going on in your life. Yeah, and oh, like let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you this that. Can you help me? It's and then the minute now, you're now done you're taking, talking, you walk away. <laughs> exactly. Now, now you're taking a like an actual genuine interest in what people have going on in their life, right? And yeah, yeah. you can have it's it's relationships are all about give and take. So if I'm asking you, oh, hey man, how's your day going? Just that simple question is appreciated by everybody if you sit down yeah, and talk yeah, to yeah. them. But if you have it in your head that oh, the whole world revolves around me, you're not going to even think to ask anybody that. Or even then, asking that question. But you're while the person's answering, you're thinking about how you want to answer that question. <laughs> like, and, and now you didn't hear anything they said. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. What about you, though? I think uh, it's funny I asked this question, but I didn't think about my answer. But see, you was listening. <laughs> <laughs> the number one thing that I had to unlearn. Let me flip it. It's I had to learn to do this is self love, mm. right? Because I don't think. I don't think I found that until I was like, damn. Fucking Baker. You ain't find that until when? Until a couple years after I graduated from college, right? Mm. But I think... Um, what was the moment? If there was one. There was one moment. With, like You remember the, the last solo apartment that I had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember my first week moving in there. I had my couches in there. I had all my shit hung up on the wall. And then I'm just like, it was like a Thursday night. I was chilling on my couch laying down. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, hmm, I'm only 25 years old, bro. I got my own place. I got a degree hanging up on the wall. I got a good job. Let me pat myself on the back. And that was probably the first time I've ever patted myself on the back, like genuinely. Before that, it was all, everything that I accomplished before that was um, due to harsh criticism of my, not harsh criticism, but basically just like demanding more of myself. I've always been somebody who, you know, demands a lot from my own self and that does lead to positive outcomes it yields good results but it can also be toxic right because if your inner voice is always critical and it's always like nah you need to be doing this better you need to be doing that better like okay you can do it better but then the next thing you try to do you're gonna do it with the frame of mind of being critical or being negative towards yourself it's when I started flipping that positive self-talk around and being like, no, bro, he's looking in the mirror and being like, no, bro, you're the man. <laughs> That's when shit started 
really changing for me and I started having like a different perspective on life. And that's when I started, you know, drawing boundaries with people and knowing what I want and knowing myself better because I had a skewed perception of who I was. And that was probably because, you know, I'm the oldest of three kids, you know, first generation. My parents came here from out of the country. So they had to make sure that I didn't go down the wrong path. Right. And so a lot of it had to do with tough love. Yeah. And so that that the voice that came from my parents that was probably a little bit critical, and that's probably not. Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to blame them for it, but yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. something that they didn't even realize because they're figuring it out on the fly. But that critical voice from them turned into a critical voice in you, inner voice in myself, and I had to realize that and change it. So that's probably one thing I had to learn was how to properly like be kind to myself. Nah, that's real. That's real, bro. Yeah. Shit. At least we in an era where self love, at least for guys, is a. Uh, it's appreciated, you know what I mean. I couldn't be, I couldn't imagine growing up, where, you know what I mean. You looking like a pansy, taking care of yourself. Yeah. Go to work, keep your problems inside, man. Exactly, bro. Here, take a shot. You be alright. <laughs> like, no, man, that ain't healthy. Yeah, man. So it's 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 all about like a self esteem thing, bro. You can't do anything in life without self esteem, right? So. Nah, that's true. That's how it is, bro. That is true, man. Yeah, who you got winning, Lions or, or or Bucks? We got the game on in the background. Shit, man. You know me, bro. I love an underdog, so I'm hoping for the Bucks. But the way Baker threw that first pick, I mean, shit, that pick wasn't even on him, bro. It like slipped through bro's hands. See, that's the one that I hate too. Like, I would hate to be a quarterback and like imagine getting four or five picks in a game. Yeah. But they were all because it bounced off of the fucking receiver's hands. Yeah, bro. And then now the whole world's looking at you like, oh, you threw four picks. Like, yeah, if these fuckers just caught the shit. <laughs> like, that was like the, the Niner game last night, bro. Brock Purdy was out there putting up a stinker. He Third quarter, he was throwing shit all over the place. <laughs> he had McCaffrey wide open, threw it right over his head. And then when he finally threw a good ball to George Kittle. Yeah. First down, motherfucker <laughs> drops the ball. I'm like, bro, the one time this nigga throws you a good ball, <laughs> you drop it. Nah, that shit crazy, man. Who's your picks for the Super Bowl? Who you got coming out? Uh, shit, man. Smart money's on the Ravens and the uh, Niners. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Shit, it could be... Shit, for all we know, it could be like... Uh, Lions and Ravens? Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might just stick with the smart money, bro, because... Uh, the Niners and the Ravens are just too fucking nice, bro. They all, I mean, the Niners almost fucked up last night. Yeah. The fucking Jordan Love's young ass didn't fumble the fucking, fumble the bag the last drive with that pick, but. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if, if you're a Niner fan, bro, you got that win last night. We're recording this Sunday, January 21st, by the way. Yep, yep. So last night, the Niners played uh, the Packers, and they barely won. Um, but if I'm a Niner fan, I'm concerned, because that Brock Purdy performance was fucking putrid. Yeah. <laughs> and they barely got that win by the skin of their teeth. Their defense got them that win. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Hey, little pivot. What you think about this Pascal trade? Pascal Siakam on the Pacers? Yeah. I think it moves the needle for them. I think so, too, bro. I have a lot of friends that disagree with me, but the Pacers were already looking good before they got him. They have no defense. They have the worst defense in the league. Yeah. And and they're still like a top ten team in the league. I mean, shit, they might have the number one or two offense in the league. They bro. have the number one or two offense, so their offense just got better, and their defense with Pascal alone just got exponentially better because Pascal's a two way player. But you know how out of pocket it is for your fucking point guard to be dropping twenty and twenty with zero turnovers, bro. It's crazy. Like Halliburton's a beast, bro. Bro, man, 
And it's crazy too. I was really thinking. I'm like, damn, bro. If if they had paired Sabonis and Halliburton together in sack, would they be better than uh, Sabonis and Fox? Uh, I, I know the Kings front office is like, fuck, we should have traded Fox. <laughs> but I mean, Fox is going off too. Though. Fox is nice. He's he's like, good. But Halliburton's better. Any younger, you yeah. got you, you know what I mean. He got youth on his side, but they're both all stars, so I guess you can't you can't lose either. Ooh, way. Oh, ha, ha, ha. you got to pick that off, my boy. But I, I don't think Sabonis and and Halliburton would have worked as well because Sabonis can't play a lick of defense. Yeah. So right now, Halliburton has Miles Turner, who's their primary defender, and they're putting another defensive big man with him. So I think they'll be fine. I think that's gonna be clutch too. Pascal finally being able to play the three or the four. Yeah. Like instead of trying to do the small ball. And people forget, bro, Pascal is bringing championship experience he to that locker room. Bro, he has a ring. I'm forgetting about that 2019 chip. People forget that he has a ring on his resume and, like, three all-star appearances. Like, this is not just a scrub that you're getting. Yeah, like, yeah. this is somebody that could really move the needle for you. And, yeah, three second-round picks. That's, that's three second-round picks and uh, Bruce Brown. It was second round or first round? First round. First, three first round picks See, of Bruce Brown. Now, when that when that trade fucking happened, right, I'm looking at this like, bro, if we don't get anything short of three first round picks for Donovan Mitchell, if we trade in, I'm about to be so fucking mad. I'm not going to do anything because, you know, I, I, can't, I can't just... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, is yeah, this, man. This is the last year of Donovan Mitchell's contract, right? Nah, this is second to last. Next year is his last year. Yeah, you better get rid of him quick. Bro, but I'm really looking at it like, damn, dog, if we had just... If we had just kept what we had, because that year before we uh, got Mitchell, bro, we, we made the play-in. We lost to KD, Kyrie, and Harden on the Nets. We lost to them in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Cool. Or uh, the play-in round. Is it the tournament? No, the in-season tournament. That's yeah. But, um, yeah, bro, shit was cool. Why didn't we just run it back if we were going to be exponentially better? Bro, we would have literally been the only team in the league starting three seven-footers. You would have gotten Colin Sexton back, too. Who uh, he, He's not as good as Donovan Mitchell, but you see what he's doing in Utah. Bro. He's a dog, bro. Yeah, man. Like, man. he's coming off the bench in Utah, and he's still going after it. Bro, this dude is, like, averaging, what, like, 25 the last, like, two months, something like that? Shit crazy, man. I think he if, if he didn't play right next to Jordan Clarkson, is Jordan Clarkson a starter now? Nah, I think he... I think Clarkson's one of those dudes that just embraced the bench role. That's what I'm saying. Like, Sexton would be a sixth man of the year candidate if he wasn't a seventh man right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I don't crazy. know. Like, you think Mitchell's going to go to the Knicks? I think that's where everybody's assuming. I hope I hope we trade him to the fucking uh, to the Nets and get Mikael Bridges, bro. That might be our missing three-piece. That wouldn't be bad because Mikael's more of a team player. And he's a defensive-minded. So imagine that defensive trio, Mikael, Mobley, and Jared Allen. Yeah, Mikel's a menace on defense. He almost got defensive player of the year two years ago. Like, and he's a 20-plus point-per-game scorer now, and he never misses a game. He's been in the league six years, never missed a game. Never missed a game all, two, all three years of college. Never missed a game in high school. Last time he was injured, he was fucking like 12 or some shit. <laughs> like, bro. That's kind of crazy, actually. Talk about being an Ironman. Yeah, and he's right in his prime, bro. I feel like he'd fit right in. Hey, let me ask you this, bro. Like, if you could go back, you get to keep Beal and Booker, but would you... Want to undo that KD trade? <sighs> to be real, no. Nah. I think we we could have gotten the deal done without giving up Mikhail Bridges. But then who 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 knows? Like I wasn't listening in on those phone conversations. Yeah, yeah. So I think obviously KD is better than Mikhail Bridges, and but Mikhail's younger, and I don't know. I feel like now 
at this point in time, the Suns are starting to figure it out. Like, we got some momentum on our side. KD, Beal, and Booker are all healthy. And we've got, like, a sample size of games to see how they're playing. And I like what I'm seeing. Yeah. So if we just stay healthy, we'll be fine. But that's the thing with Mikhail, man, is that he never misses a game. That durability is a big factor. It is. Big, and, and he's young, bro. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's why he was ranked so high in fantasy. That's why he was drafted so high. That's why I drafted him, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. not because of his numbers, because he never misses a game. Could always guarantee on him. Yeah, he's 27, bro. He's right in his prime. You got, you got a nice little window to, like, build something around him before. I don't know. But I think Mitchell's going to go to the Knicks. I think it makes the most sense. They're, they're hella good. The Nets, don't, they have a weak fan base. They're not as good. They're poorly coached. I mean, that's all cool and all, but, like, what the fuck are you going to give us? He's from he's from New York. He could just wait it out and be like, I'm just I'm just gonna go. I mean, he can wait it out. That's cool. Yeah. But like, we better try to get the best deal we could possibly get. We don't have to give you to New York. But then New York could just be like, No, we'll do. We're not gonna give anything. Else. We'll just wait until his contract expires. Then we'll sign him for free. Well, not for free, but like we'll sign him. We don't have to give any any of our assets. I feel that. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? I'm just some guy who watches a uh, league pass. Yeah. Throws a couple parlays in and there. You but know. I don't think Donovan Mitchell would do that, though. I think he's the type of dude that would do right by the organization that traded for him and kept him competitive. I mean, I hope so. Shit, bro. That's selfish as fuck to just be like, no, I'm leaving. You guys are screwed. Peace. The one thing it just gets me thinking is just like, I mean, it, it'd be different if he was in a big city. Like, I'm asking my boy to play out his career in Cleveland. Like A dude from New York City <laughs> asking him to play in Cleveland instead of going to the Knicks. He probably grew up a Nick fan. <laughs> you know, like, at least send him to it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, how, we'll see how shit goes. You feel me? Cleveland sports. <laughs> Cleveland sports, man. Cleveland sports. You feel me? We'll see what's good. But shit, man. Looks like we got another one in the books, buddy. I think we do. You got anything oh, yeah. else you want to get off your chest? Any people that pissed you off this week? Any people that pissed me off this week? Hmm. You know what? I think I'm going to just start going full Larry David every time now. <laughs> just start speaking my mind <laughs> every time somebody does something annoying. That's the only way to do it, man. Yeah. I mean, shit, bro. I'll be running to... People piss me off on a daily at work. Yeah. You feel me? Dealing with drunk assholes. Yeah. Everybody gets pissed off at work. It's like, hey, buddy, I'm not your friend. I'm your bartender. <laughs> <Yeah>. Move it <laughs> along. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if you can know this right now, but I'm sober and you're not, so... Man, bro. And it's crazy, bro. People just be like... Oh my God! You got to take a shot with me. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, I'm employed. You know, I'm I'm working right now. But even outside of that, bro, like it'd just be like, like the shit that gets me is females be coming up. Like, oh my God, it's my birthday. I'm like, happy birthday. That's gonna be fifty bucks. <laughs> like the fuck. But you gonna offer you a free shot? It's like, well, can you at least take a shot with me? I'm like, one, I don't know you. Two, I don't know you. And three, I don't know you. Give yeah. me my money and get the fuck out of my way, bro. Like, hey, man, you can at least take a shot. That's a free shot right there. I mean... Uh, bro, it's all free shots. <laughs> like, I got a whole bar behind me, bro. At some point, you got to show some restraint. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, it's just... I don't know, man. That That's the equivalent of, like, me waking up to a fucking... Like, I'll, I'll go online and log into work at, like, 9 a.m. A motherfucker will send me a meeting for 9.30. <laughs> Decline, bitch. What the fuck you think this is? Like, <laughs> I didn't even finish my coffee yeah, yet, motherfucker. Like, uh, you're not going to give me... I need 24 Ooh. hours notice if you want me to hop on a meeting. <laughs> you want me to give a fuck about work? Yeah, like, please. What do you <laughs> fuck wrong with you? <laughs> like, I'm here to not give a fuck and collect the check. Man. Shit, how your January been so far? I mean, I know it's only been like three weeks. January feel long as fuck. Man. It really has, bro. Only thing I can think about is... 
counting down the days until the sun starts setting at 7 p.m. and later, bro, because the mood shifts. Yeah. <laughs> Once it starts setting at 5, you're just like, Bro, I like man, the shit like even the other day, like fucking I, I was going to get some food, bro, and I like looked up, I'm like, bro, why the fuck you feel like nine o'clock right now? I look at the time, the shit was like six thirty. <laughs> it's like six fifteen, it's pitch black, bro. <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro, okay. It's like bro, you start to feel the day being over at like four. I'm like, yeah, take my ass to bed. <laughs> like the fuck? That's, hey, that's- the one thing I want to say though is shout out to all you fucks that packed the gym at the beginning of the year that aren't there anymore. Oh man, like I clockwork. love you It's like clockwork. Motherfuckers hit him with the, oh, yeah, new year, new me, bitch. <laughs> the fuck off that bench. For 20 days, and then it's back like, to the same Oh, you know, life, yeah. That fucking donut was calling you, you fat bitch. Nah, let me, let me chill, bro. <laughs> I'm just roasting. I got an image of somebody in my head right now. Bro, that's why I will always be. The one th- the one good thing that came out of COVID was. Money. The, pre- the, pre- the prevalence <laughs> of home gyms. Mm. Like I got a home gym in the garage, bro. And that bro, shit. your home gym is low key clutch. I ain't gonna lie. Like n- not having to be around people while you're working <laughs> out. Are you serious? Like what the fuck is gonna beat that? Mm, isolated. <laughs> I don't want to fucking be social in the gym. I don't know about everybody. Like people use the gym to like meet people and shit. It's like no, the gym is the trenches for me. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. I've I've never just sat there and just had a convo with motherfuckers at the gym. I don't want to be talking unless I in the gym. know you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, if I know you, that's one thing. But like. And even then, it's like, bro, we're not going, like, what up? Hey, yup, yup. Ah, cool. Got to get back. Yeah, <laughs> like, the fuck? I'm not in the gym to, to, to meet strangers. I'm at the gym to fucking. I'm over here like, I got 25 more minutes to knock this shit out because I got shit to do later. I'm going to catch you. Yeah, I'm in here battling demons. <laughs> hey, hit me up, big dog, <laughs> even though you ain't got my. I'm in here battling demons. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, man. Another one of the books. Another, you know what I mean? Keep on rocking in the free Chase world. McLaughlin, bro, you better not miss this shit. <laughs> Both missed field goals were blocked. Damn. <laughs> why, why he look like Dean Wade? A little bit. Uh, Shout out to Dean Wade, the people's champ, bro. Oh, my God. I love that dude. That motherfucker is the definition of a role player. Yeah. Comes in, boom, boom, gets a couple buckets, a steal, an assist. Efficient 10 minutes. Plays some hard defense. Man, bro. See, and, ah, nah, I'm not going on a Cleveland. <laughs> We're going to go on a tangent right Yeah, now. nah, We'll bro. save that for another episode. You feel me? Good shit, my guy. Good shit, bro. Appreciate you coming all the way out here, man. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. All that. And, you know, shit, how the fuck do we... I don't know how the fuck I forgot how to just, like, wind this shit down. We're going to run that back. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's your boy Ronnie, bro. <laughs> just go and on behalf of the Two Coin Podcast, <laughs> there it is. I'm the other side of the coin, Walid, and we are signing out this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs>